This podcast is brought to you by Ideate and Execute. Do you want to drive innovation in your organization, futurize your enterprise, ideate massively valuable new products, or execute them to market? Then contact us today at ideateandexecute.com and get started. Why listen to the past when you can listen to the future? Welcome to the Think Future Podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation, startups and the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. This is Calabugas with Think Future. So I'm going to tell you a tale about a company that I worked with at one point, a long, long time ago. And this was at the very, very beginning of email. So email wasn't a thing that everybody had. So if you're younger than a certain age, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh my God, this is a terrible, I don't wanna hear this story. That person is really old. I don't wanna hear a story about the time before email, even though I never use email anymore. I'm, I'm always in instant messaging and stuff like that. And I'm Snapchatting and I'm TikToking and I'm sending videos. But the, this beginning of email, and I'll tell you why this is an important story, because it's about change management. And it's about how you can build your tools or make sure that your tools fit into the culture of the audience that you're trying to build them for. So I worked for a very small cable company a long time ago. And after we built a local area network for them, they were looking at implementing email. And one of the things I found that was very interesting about this company is that they didn't trust email at all. This was the kind of company that would print off a letter and put it on somebody else's desk for them to get a communication. So when the president wanted to send a note to everybody in the company, he would have his secretary, they weren't called admins at the time, he would have his admin print off the memo and drop it on everybody's desk so that you'd know what he was trying to say to everybody. There was no such thing as an all-hands meeting, and everything was done in a hierarchical way. So we were trying to put email into this organization, and we had a choice of a number of email packages at the time, nothing like what you have today. But before we put these email packages in, I did some interviews. I did some, let's call it design thinking before it was called design thinking. I made I discussed with every level of the organization what is it about email that you like? What is it about email that you don't like? And what I found was that many of the individuals who I talked to, no matter where they were in the organization, had a problem with deliverability. They didn't think, they didn't trust that email would get delivered, right? Paper is one thing, but electronic mail, they're like, what the heck is that? I don't think that could be delivered. I don't, I, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. So. At the time, there was a product called, there was a bunch of different email products out there, but they were all, almost all of them were store and forward, except for this one called WordPerfect Office. And WordPerfect Office was like WordPerfect, which is the word processor, which is, I think, no longer around or not too many people use it. They had an email system as part of this WordPerfect Office thing. And the one thing about WordPerfect Office that everybody liked or that this, these types of individuals probably would have liked when I saw it, when I reviewed it with the vendor, is that you could go into the outbox or 
nowadays it's a sent item folder, you can go into the sent item folder and you could see the messages that you sent, but you couldn't not just see the messages you sent. You saw full tracking information on the messages. So it would say when it was sent, it would say when it was delivered, it would say when it was read, it would say when it was forwarded, it would say when it was deleted. It had a full audit log of everything that happened to the message that you sent. And I thought, this is perfect. This is exactly what this company culture needs in order to trust email. So we decided to go with We're Perfect Office. We installed We're Perfect Office on everybody's desks, desktop computers, because that's what we had at the time. And they loved it. They immediately gave up on paper communications and started emailing each other like crazy. And email, it became a huge success. So the reason why I'm telling you this is that it's the same thing today, is that it's unfortunate that the predominant email service now is more of a store and forward and you lose track of all sorts of auditing information on the email when it goes. Now all you get is a bounce back when the email doesn't come through. And sometimes you don't even get that. It might end up in a spam folder. It might end up anywhere. So we've lost the ability to track those kind of emails now, but Think about the think about what's happening here is that we picked or I selected the tool that f would fit with the corporate culture of the organization. I didn't force a tool into this organization. I picked a tool that worked with this organization, knowing that tools would change over time so that once these people got used to email and understood how email worked and could trust how email worked is that once the next version and the next version and they decide to move to Outlook and Microsoft, you know, what do you call it, Exchange Server, they decide to move these, these other tools, they had built the internal culture where they could trust email again. So that's what you need to do when you look at building a product for any type of market segment is that you have to deeply understand their fears. You have to understand what they're worried about. What are their concerns? And you have to give them, alleviate their concerns. What is it that's bothering them? Get down to the underlying reasons why they have a problem and then build a solution that addresses that problem. Too many tools don't do that anymore. They just figure, oh, you know, I'm going to solve a problem for a tiny little elite group and they don't go to all of the customers, all of the possible customers that they could talk to, to try and solve the problem for those customers. They don't go deep enough. They don't, they don't dig deep enough into the customer's issues and the customer's culture and the customer's way of working in order to understand and build a tool that will work for them.